0: The following program is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
1: Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, hello there.
2: How are you doing today? Good. You have your animals around the radio with you? Bring them around, because that's how we do it here. That's how we roll at Animal Radio. If you love your animals, this is your show, whether it's a cat, a dog, flamingo, an elephant, an elephant. Maybe it's an animal you don't even have, but you just like animals, like a sloth. I'm a big sloth lover. (laughs) I have every sloth picture book that there is, because I I love sloths. I wanted a sloth, but they're illegal, unfortunately, for me to own. Yeah,
3: you got to move to Costa Rica.
2: Do you wish you had any exotic animals, Joey? Uh, Yeah, I got my bird. No, that's enough, um, to be quite honest with you. I'm I'm a dog guy. See, I'd like like to have
3: like a big tiger. A tiger, yeah. Imagine a tiger walking a tiger, and just
2: you got to feed the That'd be a lot of cans of cat food.
3: That'd be, you know, I mean, like it's almost like a Great Dane that you got to eat Saint Bernards. The,
2: the whole point is, we love our animals here at Animal Radio, and uh, you found the right show if you love your animals too. And you can call us. We have Doctor Debbie over here answering your vet medical questions, and Joey Volani, dog father, groomer extraordinaire one 405 8405 to reach out to them. You can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And it's free thanks to those folks over at Drs. Fosters and Smith. Uh, coming up on today's show, besides your calls, oh, we have some big giveaways. It's going to be a big giveaway show. Our friends from Kergo have sent me a list of all of the things that they're going to be giving away today.
3: Yeah, they're going to be some great travel items so if for you, your
2: pet. If you travel with your pet, you will definitely want to be listening for that within the next couple of hours. Also, Robert Semero with top tips for natural disasters. Preparedness with with your pets. How to prepare your pets for natural disasters. If you live in California any day now. (laughs) We're overdue. We're overdue. So you definitely want to make sure they're taken care of. In uh, Hurricane Katrina and all of these uh, disasters that we've had on the uh, East Coast, Southeast, a lot of the animals were kind of secondary. They were an afterthought. And I think we've changed things now. FEMA has certainly changed it. And now that we have shelters for animals, when uh, you have to go to the shelters, you can bring your animals or you can go to a place with your animals. Anyway, Robert Samuro will give you some tips on dealing with pet disasters before the show is out. And Lori Brooks, for our first newscast of the hour, what are you working on?
4: Uh, all poop is not the same, right? No, so, I guess not. I mean, we, t- <laughs> we hear about bull, mm. uh-huh. you know, there's horse, mm. uh-huh. but would you recognize a pile of dog? Mm. Well,
2: sure, I step in it every day.
4: <laughs> yeah, me, me too, <laughs> once in a while, and I, and I hate that, and it gets in the treads of your shoes, uh-huh. it's just terrible. But there's a gigantic inflatable pile of dog poop that is making some big news now. We'll tell you where it is and and how you can see a picture of it and what it's all about.
2: Okay. I'm sticking around for that one. Uh, Let's go to the phones for your calls right now. Toll-free 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. And this is great if you live outside the continental US because I believe our toll-free numbers only work in the US, but the uh the app anywhere, anywhere you are, download that app, ask the questions of Dr. Debbie and Joey Vellani directly from the app. Uh let's go to line 2. We have Carol waiting. Hi Carol, how are you? Okay. Just okay. Okay. Oh, oh
5: that didn't I'm sound good. very happy.
6: <laughs> I'm on oxygen. I'm not too good.
2: Oh, I'm sorry no, to hear kidding. that. How, how can we help you? What's going on with the animals?
6: Well, with the cat. Okay. Okay. The fleas are terrible.
5: Okay, they're yes, they everything. sure are.
6: Do you have any suggestions?
5: Are these kitties indoor, outdoor kitties? Do you have dogs in the home in as well? And out. In and out. And do you have other pets, dogs as well?
6: Well, we have dogs, but they're, they're not near her. They're in another part of the house.
5: What have you currently tried for your flea control?
6: Just the Frontline.
5: Okay, just Frontline or Frontline Plus? And are the you using it on the dogs? Plain frontline. Okay. And just the cats, or are you using something on the dogs as well? They use frontline on the dogs, too. Okay. Alright. Well, we've got a lot of opportunity to try some other things that can be more helpful. And the other thing we have to really just kind of look back at is that fleas, um, the amount of time they spend on the pet is very small. Um, so they're actually in the environment. Um, and if your pets are indoor and outdoor, that's both environments. So anytime we treat fleas, we look at environmental treatment as well as treating the pets. The other thing that we can do, and especially in your situation that we've got some room for improvement, is we can try products that have expanded action. So meaning Frontline's a great product, but if you're using just Frontline, you're just using a product that's just going to kill um, mostly the adult forms um, so there is uh, even a frontline plus which has an insect growth regulator so it also helps to kind of get that second generation as well
6: i think it's so, a frontline regular frontline let me look on the box yeah
5: there. well that's on okay i mean so so there's other things beyond that but that's one thing the other is that there are a lot of great products that can actually help quickly to kill no, off a lot front of
7: frontline
6: plus Good.
5: Okay. So there's a lot of other products that we can use in conjunction with a topical. So there's a lot of good oral products that we can use in both cats and dogs to help do a quick kill on them. So well, in dogs, what I, did,
6: what I did last night, I couldn't stand it anymore. She was outside on the front porch and she was just scratching and scratching and scratching. So I had this cat flea spray. I just sprayed it on her and rubbed it into her fur and so then that seemed to calm her down a little bit, but
5: mm. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm that made much- lighted- it that might have been a placebo effect because usually the flea um, the flea sprays and such, I mean, they certainly can help, but it's unlikely that we're going to have a very immediate um, improvement in the itch. So the things that I'll tell you is that one is it sounds like you need someone maybe to help you out a little bit there. So I would speak with your veterinarian about helping you to get the right products and get the right timing. Because what I would typically recommend is using an oral product along with a topical. And you may continue using Frontline. We may need to make sure we're using it appropriately. We're applying it to the skin. Well, I can't um, afford
6: anything too expensive. So,
5: sure, sure. And you know what? What is expensive is keep doing the same thing and not getting improvement, and that's not good on your pocketbook, and it's certainly not good for your pet. So that's why I'm trying to find something that's going to be the best choice in your situation. And you will have to work very likely with a veterinarian because there are some great products that we can use that have longer-lasting effect, especially for why do say I have your to work dog.
6: With a veterinarian?
5: oh boy because uh, uh help me out here guys well, these are prescriptions
2: I'm... like Comfortis is the oral you could only get it from your veterinarian right that would be yeah. the, the one reason that i would do it and by the way i just tell you we used to use frontline it didn't work anymore we took this uh Comfortis pill for the uh cats and it works it, it does wonders it really is a lifesaver and a game changer and you can only for, get for it from your car? vet Comfortis, right and there's another one too isn't there doctor
5: Yes, there's Comfortis, um, and I'm trying to think of what our...
2: (laughs) C-O-M-F-O-R-T-I-S. It's like comfort with is at the end.
5: Yeah, and uh, also Capstar is the other one you can use as well.
2: Capstar. C-A-P-S-T-A-R. Capstar. And that's a pill?
5: Yes, and then there are other topicals as well. You know, so if you're not happy with what you're using, then there are whole new generations of new medications that are out there, and that's where you know you may not want to work with your veterinarian. Oh my gosh, that sounds so horrible, but there are some products that are um, very useful, and your veterinarian has the best ones. Uh, Again, this is where you pick up the phone and say, "Hey, doc, I want to come in and talk to you about what I can do." In the most inexpensive way to treat my whole household, and we're going to talk about sitting down and saying, "Okay, we're going to treat your dog, we're going to treat your cat, and we're going to use a combination of oral medications along with topicals. We're going to also include environmental control. So that's going to mean things like vacuuming in the house, if we possible. We every day. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's so to, yeah, so there's a lot of things that we can do there, and um, you got you got to
2: see the vet. And I I hear it in your voice. You're saying if I go to the vet, that's going to cost me a lot of money. Is that what you're thinking? Is that what you're thinking?
6: Well, I know the vet for years and years. And years. Okay,
2: well you, this is one of those things that you need to go to the vet for. And if you keep dumping money on Frontline and it's not working, then you're just wasting your money. And, All right. Might as well just throw it down the toilet. Your money, but if you uh, go to your vet, spend a little money, get into the vet, tell them the, the problem, and tell them that you don't have a lot of money. I'm sure that they can uh, get you out as inexpensively as as they possibly can.
6: Okay, well, I'll try it.
2: Okay, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Where do you live? You live in California?
6: No, Pennsylvania.
2: Pennsylvania. Okay, so you those fleas they, will go we, with them.
6: But everybody I've talked to is having problems with fleas this year. I know it's it's a big.
2: It's flea bad. Here, Yeah. yeah.
6: I don't know if it's because of the weather the way it's been or what it is, but uh, I never had them like this before, never.
2: Okay, Mm -hmm. well, Carol, we wish you the best of luck with that. Okay. Thank you for calling. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. If you're tired of wasting money on giant boxes of litter that don't last, do what I did. I switched to World's Best Cat Litter with concentrated power, so I use less. And I get more. You can learn more at tryworldsbest.com. And thanks, World's Best, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip.
8: You're not going to believe what happened to me. I got bit by a dog yesterday in the park. Yeah. I'm just minding my own business, running, this lady's coming at me with two dogs, no leash. I run by, the dog sneaks up behind me, jumps up on my forearm, takes a nice chunk out of there. And she still doesn't put the dog on a leash. Joke's on the dog, though, he's going to get sick from me. I don't know what was up with this woman after the dog had his way with my arm. She still didn't put him on a leash. There were two of them, and just like a pack, one circled behind me to try to attack from there, while the bigger one confronted me in the front. Now, the woman was just yelling and screaming, dogs are not paying any attention to her, because they're fraught with anxiety and fear. So what conclusions would you get from this? Well, first of all, the dogs are not socialized at all. They're not used to being around people, and when they get around people that they don't know, they become aggressive. They think that they have to protect their pack, which, of course, is the woman. Dogs like this should never be allowed off-leash, especially in a park. It could have just as easily been a kid on a bicycle or a woman with a baby carriage. Now, it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. Please, if you're going to get a dog, it's your responsibility to educate yourself and find out what they need to be happy, well-adjusted animals and how to give it to them. It's only fair. You don't want to lock your dogs away from people because they're unpredictable and may bite. If you're thinking of getting a dog, write this down. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. These are the four basic needs that dogs have besides food. If you get a puppy, bring the dog around as many kids and people as possible. Other dogs, too. If you get an older dog, you should be doing the same thing unless that dog is filled with anxiety and fear like this woman's was. In that case, you're going to need some help from an experienced animal behaviorist who can show you how to socialize the dog. And it's going to take a little work, confidence, and patience on your part. But with a professional, a commitment from you, consistent fair leadership, and time, most dogs can be socialized and changed into happy, calm, well-adjusted animals.
0: For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for Animal Radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's
9: V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of gmo gluten hormones steroids and antibiotics canine caviar's five star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline based foods in the world and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family find out more at caninecaviar.com. i am the family dog and it's that time of year again the one where pet parents start looking for phyto
1: friendly hotels and destinations where phyto is welcome make no bones about it Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at one 405 8405
2: You found us, Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with your pet, And an incredible show still on the way here. We're going to answer your calls toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. We're also going to talk to Viagen. These are the people that have been cloning here in the U.S., cats and dogs. There's a lot of myths, and today Viagen is going to... Break those myths, debunk those de-bunk myths em. about cloning. Also, Doc Halligan talking about insect stings, bees. Did you hear about these bees, Doc, down in uh, Texas uh, Texas that no. uh, attacked a dog? Attacked and killed
3: couple- two dogs and attacked uh, the owner who survived, but the dogs didn't make it. Yeah, were they the Africanized honeybees? I I think think so. They They just calling
5: them killer killer bees. bees. The killer bees,
4: yeah, Yeah.
2: same thing. So you not only need to look out for fleas and ticks, but you need to watch out for bees and snakes. She'll be talking about snakes also. Uh, I know that dogs, especially like terriers and those that uh, like
5: (laughs) go down
3: those holes, holes, stick those nose (laughs) down. That's where they get get everything in the face.
5: Yep. And that's so the thing is that dogs usually get a lot of these things on their heads and on their feet. Ooh. So say for the instance of a snake bite, that can be the most dangerous place to get bit is on the face whereas people we might get bit on the legs um the toxin has a much farther uh way to go to cause um a lot more bodily harm yeah. so um mm. so yeah their snoopiness gets into <laughs> trouble yeah you you hike a lot with your dogs my labs used to get into a lot of situations where we came across a couple rattlesnakes in our in our time and um we actually did some aversion training of our own there are actually scheduled and um training uh, classes you can take in different areas where they basically train your dog with the use of a shot collar um, under a safe, controlled um, situation um, to actually not want to go near the sight or the smell of a rattlesnake. And it, it can be very effective and one of the most life-saving tools that you do for your pet if you live in rattlesnake country um, to help prevent a bite because nobody wants to have to treat that snake bite. It's preventing it. And anti-rattlesnake uh, um, training is one of the most effective things you can do.
3: Yeah, I've actually worked at a couple of these clinics. It's fascinating just to see how they put little works. Muzzles on the snakes? Well, is they, that yeah, they put like a wire cage over them, a little mesh cage type thing, wire. To, and, uh, and I do believe they either use
5: defanged or yeah,
3: um, part of them is one of them. They didn't want to do it because they wanted the dog to be able to smell the scent of the venom mm-hmm. so they didn't want to defang it because they wanted the dog to be able to smell it before it actually saw the snake. Oh. It's very fascinating. I have
4: no interest in being 500 miles, you know, from one of those places.
3: <laughs> 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 I hear you. I'm yeah,
2: with the you. Out of me.
10: I okay. had
3: to I had to walk my part of my job was to walk the dogs around these areas with the snakes. So it was, oh. very, it was yeah, I enjoyed it. It was fascinating.
2: Oh, that's wild. Uh, Also on the show today, Robert Simrel is going to be talking about the top tips for pet natural disaster preparedness. And this is really important, especially if you live, uh, well, in California. Anyway, a disaster anywhere, can happen anywhere. Natural
3: disasters, fires, floods, hurricanes, earthquakes could happen anywhere.
2: And you want to be prepared with your pet on that. So that's on the way in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. It looks like Gordy from uh, Kurgo will be joining us. And that means Kurgo, of course, they make all those uh, traveling uh, accoutrements for traveling with your pets in yes. your car. Great item, And I understand they have some big-time giveaways today. I'm looking at a list of giveaways.
3: I actually have one of the products that I use for my dog.
2: If you travel with your dogs, you'll want to be listening. That's just a few minutes away right here on Animal Radio. Lori Brooks, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, can I tell you about a huge dog? I mean, a really big dog. Uh Um, (laughs) And His owner describes him as a Houdini and how his latest trick landed him on the roof of a house all by himself. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> really,
4: I kid you not.
2: It is time again to visit with Melane Rodriguez, the client service manager at Viagen Pets. These are the people that are cloning right here in the U.S. as well as genetic preservation. Hi, Melane. How are you doing?
11: Hi there. I'm great. How are you guys?
2: Very good. We don't have a lot of time, so I want to get down to brass and tacks right now. Okay. I've read several articles about cloning, and, well, there seems to be information out there that cloned animals aren't exactly like the original. Like They're not the twin of the original. And there's there's actually some misconceptions that they might, not be as healthy or have a shorter lifespan, what is the deal? Tell us.
11: Yeah, that's right. There is still a lot of mystery surrounding cloning, and along with that, a lot of misinformation and myths. And so we're working to get the right information out there. But one of the biggest myths surrounding cloned animals is the myth that they have a shorter lifespan. And this simply isn't true. Cloned pets have a normal length lifespan, and the current age of the pet at the time of the biopsy doesn't have any impact on the aging Mm. of the newly cloned pet.
2: Will they be an identical twin? Will they look the same?
11: The Will same? They, they have the same, same? spots yeah. and everything? That's a, that's a very good question when we get quite a bit. And they're going to look very, very similar for the most part. So let's say it's a cat that's black with white spots. The cloned kitten is going to be black with white spots, but that white may have moved a little bit and shifted and be in a different location. But the percentage white to black is going to be the same.
2: And then, of course, I would imagine some percentage of it is their upbringing and their environment. That's
11: right. Yeah, the environment can interact with genetics um, to impact things such as personality and behavior, but if the cloned animal is raised in the same environment as the original, they should be very similar.
5: What about like the medical aspect? Say my clone pet, um, the pet that I cloned had heart disease and died of congestive heart failure. What's the possibility that the clone is going to have the same problem?
11: Well, if the problem in the original animal is due to their genetics, if it's a genetic defect, then that cloned animal is going to have those same genetics and the same predisposition to that same disease. That's not to say they're going to absolutely get that disease. Um, the problem with the original animal may have been something that was environmental. So that's not going to be there in the case of the Cloned animal. So they can really vary just depending on the cause of what that problem was in the original animal. But for the most part, um, cloned pets are healthy. There's nothing about being a cloned animal that makes them not healthy. Every cloned puppy and kitten that goes home is veterinary and expected healthy before they go home.
2: Where can people learn more?
11: They can reach out to us at viagenpets.com or give me a call at 888. 888-
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com.
12: Log on, learn more. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with
13: your pets. Don Pets Welcome here. The hour long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to petswelcomehere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here. Exciting adventures you can share with your pet. <coughs>
14: Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today.
4: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A town in Spain has installed a huge, gigantic, inflatable pile of dog poop. Yeah, Mm -hmm. big, you know, Dairy Queen-looking brown thing. (laughs) In an attempt to discourage dog owners who might be thinking of walking off and leaving a pile of poo in the streets. Now, perhaps even funnier than that is that the town of Torelladonis posted a picture of the inflatable and encouraged residents to share the photo using the hashtag, no NoMasCacas. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe this? I actually saw that now, this Cor- morning. You did. you did? I did
2: see that this morning.
4: Go on. Well... You know what? The town's council says, this is the reason behind it, that they have about 6,000 dogs in the town, and if you do the math, all of those dogs are capable of producing about 1,100 pounds of poo every day, and I don't know if no one there cleans up after their dog, but that is what the giant inflatable represents, 1,100 pounds of dog poop, the amount left on the streets across the town each day, they say. And, uh, they have also installed some smaller poop sculptures in other public areas, along with signs, of course, encouraging residents to clean up after their dog and no mas cacas.
2: We, we gotta put that picture over on our website. The first time I saw that picture, I, I saw it like a, a quick glance. And I thought it was Donald Trump at first, his <laughs> hair. And then I looked and saw what it was all about.
3: Yeah, I was. I say, did a
4: I, double take.
3: I need to put that in my yard. I, I live on a corner, and the front of my yard stays clean, but the side yard on the corner, I guess people think I can't see over there. So they let the dog poop all over the side yard. Yeah,
10: a lot of people I do know. that. I've- I got a great
15: story, if you guys okay. want to hear it. Yes, I do. My dad, um, and at the time he was probably about 80 years old, there was someone that would... Um, that would steal his newspaper and also would make the, make the dog poop on his lawn every morning. So one day he got up early and he took dog poop and he rolled it up in the newspaper and he Ah. put it, he wrapped it back up and he said he did it in a way where when they open it's going to fall on them and his paper never, um, um, was stolen again nor was the poop on the lawn.
4: That's pretty funny. That is very funny. There's a funny dog in Connecticut. Yep, he was uh, a Great Dane, and he was rescued from the roof of his home. Yes, you heard correctly, the roof, and he did get there all by himself after forcing his way through an upstairs window about 7.30 in the morning. Neighbors are all in their homes, you know, getting ready for work, and they hear this dog barking So they call for help. The dog's owner wasn't home at the time, but she thanked the firefighters and described the dog as a sort of Houdini who has a tendency to unlock and open doors and windows. She said the dog was locked downstairs with the family's other Great Dane while they were at work, but apparently this dog was able to push his way through a locked door and then went around through the home opening other doors and windows while trying and eventually succeeding at getting outside to say hello to some new neighbors in the neighborhood. Comedian John Oliver has found himself in the middle of an online feud with an animal-loving, Russian-backed dictator who happened to lose his cat. Oliver, who, if you don't know, hosts the HBO show last week tonight, recently took aim at the leader of Chechnya in a five-minute segment. They're usually pretty funny. Uh He made fun of the dictator for posting an emotional plea to Instagram and asking the Chechen people to help find his missing cat. So Oliver pointed out also how often the young ruler posts photos of himself wearing T-shirts that have a picture of Russian leader Vladimir Putin's face on it because... I guess it's kind of a, you know, behind-kissing thing. It was Putin who appointed him as head of Chechnya. So Oliver goes on Twitter to post a photo of himself holding the cat, asking the dictator, look, is this your cat? Well, it wasn't before, you know, things got heated up in this, and Oliver himself graced the Chechen leader's infamous Instagram page with Putin's face being Photoshopped onto Oliver's (laughs) T-shirt. Now, John Oliver is a pretty funny guy, and we all like his show, but... What was really weird was the dictator just really loves his cat, and he was mostly saying how much he also wants to help the cats of his country. And I thought it was kind of sweet how he had posted earlier that the cat had recently left his house, as it sometimes does, and about how his cat might need to meet friends, mingle, and share cat news. It was very sweet. The bad news, though, this cat is apparently not neutered because the dictator, as he's talking about addressing cat issues, says there are cat rumors that this male cat has a neighborhood girlfriend. And then he went on to say for Perhaps he'll bring his sweet love home with him and start a family. <laughs>
2: mm. uh, Even dictators love little kitties.
4: <laughs> I know. That's. What, I mean, they were making this guy out to be horrible, but it's hard to hate a guy who loves a cat. And you should know that, Hal. Yes.
2: Cats could save the world. I think we need to send one over to North Korea. A few little kittens or something like that. Just saying.
4: Well, I saw a picture of you recently that Judy was flashing around the office. Uh-oh. of You with, um, I guess you have four cats, right? Yeah. And three of your cats were sitting on you. You were like in the living room or something. But I thought, God, cats just love you.
2: Yeah, there's something. I, didn't, I must smell like tuna fish.
4: Uh, not even going there. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm Lori Brooks. <laughs> Get more breaking animal news anytime you need it at
0: AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: Ah, Saturday in the park. Sounds like a good way to spend your weekend with your dogs. However, however because it's summer now there's a lot of bugs and all kinds of creepy crawlies out there that can get on your pet besides the ticks and the fleas and the the usual stuff there's what uh there's bee stings right Doc Halligan
16: right there were dogs that actually died in Texas that got stung by a swarm of killer bees. So they got stung multiple times? They got stung multiple times, and then the bees went after the owner. The owner survived, but the dogs both died. Were so. those some of those
2: uh, extra nasty bees in Texas? Yeah, so have? those okay. are killer bees, okay.
16: and the bottom line is pets get stung by bees often, they don't usually die. A pet can have an anaphylactic reaction from a bee sting just like people can. Um But it's hard to know if you have killer bees around. Do they look different yeah. from our regular bees that we have, our honeybees? It's hard to distinguish what they look like. They're a little bit bigger, but I think when that if means you're you're coming at you, bee- yeah. <laughs> you, if you see swarms of bees, you need to figure out where's the beehive. You need to prevent that from happening. I had that in my yard, and I actually had co- somebody come and cut down the tree and move the beehive. But let's say your pet does get stung by a bee, cat, dog. A lot of times they'll swell up. Their their faces will get as big as a basketball. Um, They can go into anaphylaxis. So if I'm at a clinic and someone says my pet just got stung by a bee, I say bring them in. Because you don't know if it's a pet that can go into that anaphylaxis where they can die, go into like shock from overreacting to the bee sting. What is anaphylaxis? Um,
2: Is that like an allergic reaction?
16: Correct. It is a severe allergic reaction that can lead to death.
2: Uh, What other insects besides bees?
16: All of them. Like People go, oh, I let my cats play with the spider. You shouldn't (laughs) let your cats play with the spiders. I have seen cats almost die from spider bites and dogs. Spider bites can be deadly, just Mm. like they can be in people. So, yes, they want to play with those insects because in the wild, that's what they would eat and stuff. But you really shouldn't have your pets playing with spiders. Even Uh, though spiders are our
2: friends, they should stay away from the spiders. What kind of reactions do they get if they get bit?
16: Well, it varies. So you can have just a nondescript little swelling that they look at all the way to being hospitalized for two weeks. A deadly venom in a spider can cause a bruising and a skin sloughing of a large part of the animal's body. Mm. It's unbelievable what that toxin, if it gets injected, can do to the, to the animal. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was snake bites. Okay. Every year pets die from snake bites. Yep. And there is a vaccine that I encourage people to get if they live in an area that has a lot of snakes. So it is expensive, and of course there can always be a a reaction to the vaccine. So if your pet never encounters a snake, then don't run out and get it. How often would you vaccinate for that? I believe it's once a year like the other vaccines. So if an animal does get bit by a snake, you want to minimize their movement, get them to a vet right away. And also, if they get bit by a young snake, it's much more dangerous than an adult because the young snakes don't regulate how much venom they inject. So they'll inject the whole, you know, amount that they have in their system. But, you know, the other good thing too is, um, carry Benadryl. Benadryl diphenhydramine is such a, Life-saver. It's so safe. Very, very, I've never had an animal have a reaction to it. And so if your pet gets stung by something, get some Benadryl into them. I can say that safely. One milligram per pound orally as fast as you can. And that can really prevent a lot of these horrible chemical reactions that happen in the pet's system.
2: There you go, Doc Halligan. She is, of course, from the Lucy Pet Foundation, and you can learn more at lucypetfoundation.org. I encourage you to go check it out now.
5: Animal Radio is underwritten in part by Viagen Pets, the leading provider of animal genetic preservation and cloning services. Preserve the genes of your dog or cat to extend the special bond you share with them. Learn more at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N
9: pets.com. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics. Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com.
17: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A stolen cockatoo's big mouth helped reunite him with his rightful owner. Two years ago, Diane Bagley let her four dogs out in her backyard. She also set Cory the Cockatoo in his cage on the back porch. Someone then stole Cory the Cockatoo and Bagley's four dogs from her Shreveport, Louisiana home. Two years later, Bagley was talking about Cory to a visitor who recalled hearing a cockatoo saying his signature catchphrase. I love you, Cory. Bagley then called the police and told Detective Kay Ward what she had learned. A sheriff's spokesperson said Ward wasn't sure she had the correct address until she approached a home in the mobile home park and heard a bird inside squawking, I love you, Corey." The investigation continues to try to find Bagley's missing dogs. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio.
0: Animals
17: are people too. Animal Radio.
2: Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with your pets. Visit PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check the schedule for the TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Thanks, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Uh, Let's go to the phones. Your calls, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Don. How are you?
15: Well, we have a uh, six-year-old Pantheon. And the problem we're having with him is he uh, he feeds and poops in the house even when we let him out. And it's got progressively worse. We moved into a new house and he just, uh, we put puppy pads down, uh, everything. We tried everything. Everything mm-hmm. we can think of. So I thought I'd try to get some professional help.
2: Oh, right. And then you figured yeah. you'd try us, huh? <laughs>
15: I, I, I tried the, uh, the car guys
18: yeah, They couldn't help you
15: they, they, uh, they steered me and put me in the wrong direction
2: Dr. Debbie, what do you think?
5: Alright, well, I'm going to try to put you in the right direction here And, and before we continue, I want to ask you, Don Is your baby, is, is, has this been something that he's always done Or is it something more recently, this problem?
15: Well, he's kind of done it But on, under the circumstances that we didn't let him out but okay. uh, if you don't let him out he would pee in the house or poop in the house. But Okay.
8: It's and he's fully... Where
15: you can let him out and he doesn't he will pee and poop outside, but he'll pee poop inside too.
5: Okay. And do you go outside with him or does he just kinda get the door open and he goes outside as it is?
15: Uh kind of both, but mostly let him out on his own.
5: Okay. Well, the big problem here is when we have a pet that kind of has failures of house training on a regular basis, they're basically repeating this behavior. And part of the problem that you're going to run into is some of this may have been going on and we haven't corrected it. So the, just the behavior itself rewards future behaviors very similar to that. So because he pooped and peed in the house before, now we're going to ask him, okay, we're going to stop this, but we have to overcome all of that past experience. So that that's kind of the challenge with some of these adult dogs that have this problem. Um, so the first thing I'd say for other folks that are going through this, don't postpone training. You want to catch it when this behavior starts. It's much better outcome, much better success. Um, and what I'm going to recommend is we're going to need to take this little guy and go back to square one. So even though he is a six-year-old dog, we're going to treat him like he's a puppy. And it's not because we're punishing him, but we really need to retrain the whole pattern of his bathroom uh, needs. And that means that you can't just open that back door. You need to physically attend to him and take him outdoors. And that may mean putting a leash on him, taking him to your preferred bathroom area, and then praising the bejesus out of him when he does the duty outside. Um, But if he goes outside, he's unsupervised, there's no positive reinforcement for that. So you really have to deliver that at the time of the pee or poop, (laughs) talking in the technical terms. Um, And then when he comes back into the home, you cannot allow him to be a free access dog. He has to be under supervision. Um, So this may mean either returning to crate training or constant supervision, just like a little three-year-old, like I was talking about my dog. Um, So you really have to either keep them on a light tether leash with you um, or in the immediate vicinity where you're at, because you have to be able to pick up those physical cues when he's saying, okay, I'm going to crouch here and take him back outside. So it really is starting all over and going back to that puppyhood and uh, starting in the very, very beginning. But the other thing I'd also say, Don, is I'd make sure that in the environment where he is doing his business, that we make sure we do clean that up fully and use some good enzyme-based dog cleaners for those scents. Because otherwise, that scent just kind of is a constant reminder to them, this is the spot where I've gone before and I prefer to go there. So um, those are the big things there.
15: Yeah, well, he doesn't pick out a spot. The whole house is his spot.
5: Oh. It, it, the whole world is his uh his bathroom. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that,
15: that that's what it is. I mean, each day it's in one of the bathrooms, next day it's in the hall. Um, another day it's on a box.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So that and that's really going to be the biggest thing for him and it's hard emotionally for us as pet parents, but we need to make his world smaller. Confine him to a zone where you can monitor that and then practice these behaviors taking him outside to do his potty stuff um, if he is or if he was crate trained originally your job may be a lot easier because there's a instinct there the den instinct that we can use to our advantage in house training um, but really it's a matter of positive reinforcement taking him out and really not allowing him to be a, a little naughty boy when um, you're looking the other way it's give, a lot of hard work sorry
2: <laughs> give that a shot don let me know how it works okay Okay, thank you. 1-866-405-8405. We like to follow up. We like to find out how things go. You know, if you get advice here, we want to know, did did our advice work?
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
17: Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And I see how Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart is so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed
1: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts
2: hal abrams and judy francis in just a couple of minutes a story about a bird that could uh, break the case in a murder just because of what it's saying it's one of those talking birds Uh uh-oh I'll tell you that story in just a couple of minutes right here on Animal Radio. you got to be careful. If you have a bird <laughs> that talks, yeah. it's uh, watching you closely and it's listening to what you're saying. And Margie,
5: I, you'd be surprised. We have birds that board with us and that go home saying clinic sayings like, um, <laughs> "cow line too. <laughs> or step up. <laughs> Things that we might be saying around in the area that we handle them. And it's like, "Ooh, gosh, you wonder if they pick up anything bad. <laughs>
3: yes. We've heard of stories where birds actually gave away when one of the, the people in the household had an affair.
2: Yes, had an affair and yeah. one that would harass the dogs, too.
3: Yeah, I think Joey's bird harasses, harasses the, the dogs. dogs. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, so that story is on the way, and uh, also some giveaways from Kurgo. If you travel in the car with your dog, be listening up. We have, uh, we'll have all kinds of good things. I'll, I'll show you the pictures of the things that we're giving away. Look at that, Ooh, a lot of good stuff there. Huh? Good stuff. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
4: Well, that's Gordy from Kurgo who's going to be here, right?
2: Yes, Gordy from Kurgo, not Gordy the the dog, who's
4: right. Uh, and, but I'm saying that must be the name of the day because we have Gordy from Kurgo. Uh-huh. We have we have my Gordy who is laying here on the floor and has been snoring all day, uh-huh. and then we have Gordy. The beta fish. The beta fish. Who is now the subject of a $1 million lawsuit. A beta fish? Wow.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, that is, I yeah. had a beta fish once.
3: Yep, I, I remember.
2: Yeah, and it actually lived pretty long. Yeah, quite a few years. Really surprised. Everything that I usually touch, plants, even a chia pet. I've killed a chia pet.
5: Yeah. Right?
2: Not proud yeah. of that fact, but uh, <laughs> I live with it day to day. Okay, Dr. Diddy. Are you ready to take some phone calls?
5: I sure am. I am. You know, we've had so many parvo cases in our hospital. I am just exhausted. Parvo? Parvo virus. If I can just take a moment to yes. please encourage our um, dog owners to, if you have a puppy especially, make sure their vaccinations are current, starting at six weeks, going till 16 weeks of age, and on a monthly basis. It really, um it's a way to prevent this disease, and it's devastating. We are just overrun with parvo cases lately.
2: Well, now is that because there's an outbreak of parvo in the Las Vegas area or somewhere nearby? Yeah,
5: a lot of factors. You know, it's spring. Um, time. The weather is relatively nice, uh, although right now it's a heat wave. Uh-huh. <laughs> but people start getting out and doing more. Um, kids are out of school, so people are exercising with their pets, taking them places, going on vacation. And if your pet isn't current and protected on vaccinations, that is definitely a huge risk. So um, there are situations where your puppy should not be going to, um, say, going to the ballpark um, if they're not fully vaccinated. There's dogs that you don't know that are there. Um, now, what so, are the, the
4: vaccinations, Dr. Debbie, that are like a series of vaccinations? Do you have to wait until correct.
5: all of them have been given? Well, for the for the protection to be fully protected, they aren't done until they're done with that last shot in about two weeks after that because it does take the body some time to respond. So what we uh-huh. commonly see will will be dogs that develop parvo and people said, well, they had their shots. And then we find out they only had shots till say 10 weeks of age. Um, it is so important. We get that last um, parvo shot after 16 weeks of age. And the reason we do this, so it's not just because vets like want to make lots of money on your shots and your dogs. <laughs> it's because dogs have an immunity that they inherit from their mother. So if the mother dog has been vaccinated, then they're born with that immunity. That immunity eventually will wear off. And if we're not vaccinated, then that puppy is defenseless. The the difficult thing is we can't predict when every individual dog is going to lose that maternal immunity and that's why we have to do boosting series Uh so for one dog that immunity might wear off at six weeks another dog it might be eight or ten weeks so to be certain we do the six week we do um uh, eight week we do 12 and 16 weeks and that helps to ensure that when that mom's immunity is wearing off we are going to start helping and to boost that immunity for the pup
2: now should every dog get the uh the parvo shot or, or just certain dogs that are at risk
5: Every puppy needs it. Every puppy needs it. And then going from beyond that, the annual series, it depends a bit on your area and what vaccines that are in use, whether it's once a year or every three years or even further than that. But puppies, they are so vulnerable. It is not something that we should just kind of watch, wait and see. Um So it, it, like I said, it's a lifesaver. So just okay. a couple bucks can really make a big difference.
2: Let's uh, go to Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you guys? Good. Where are you calling from today?
7: I'm calling California
2: okay so what's going on how can we help you
7: I have a new kitten that I've had for about a little almost two months now when I adopted her from the shelter she was about maybe they said three months but I don't agree with their time frame I she's so small but when I first got her she had a an infection a, a respiratory infection the vet I took her to my vet they gave her some medicine. She was all friendly and everything, didn't have any problems. Um, she was clinging to me. Then after she started feeling better, I was still giving her the medicine, but then all of a sudden she runs from me. And so now that's what she does is any time I move or blink, she runs. She doesn't want to come and let me pet her, love on her, or anything. And it's kind of frustrating because I don't understand. I've never had any of my pets ever do this.
5: So I'm just kind of at
7: a loss as to what to do.
5: And when this is happening, does she appear fearful or is she just running away? Because there's, there's a difference between a cat that's running away and one that's, say, got its ears tucked down, um, is in a kind of hunched, fearful posture. Um, so that that can be a little different. I don't know if, if you're comfortable seeing in that situation.
7: I've never I've never noticed that as far as her ears going back or anything. And I have an, an older male cat who's about three years old And they get along great. They've never had any issue. They play. He chases them one way up the hall. He chases her down the other way, and they go back and forth. And and they're great. She'll come up and she'll snip my fingers. If I if she's playing on the floor behind, you know, near me, I'll reach down and be like, here, come here, come here, call her name, take my hand out and, you know, wave at her. And she'll come up, she'll snip. But the minute I go to reach out a little farther, she'll back Mm -hmm. off to where she's out of reach.
5: Okay. All right. Well, and that's what, it, you know, I would have to say the first thing is we have to respect that response. So she's right. not comfortable with that. So whether, you know, the interesting thing would be, you know, did, you know, having to administer the medication when she was younger, did that somehow create, um, an aversion that she has and fear that she's going to have to be medicated again? So that's a thought. Right. So if, if if we think that may be playing a role, then we'd have to look at things that anything that where you are approaching her. I would try to say, you know, that's going to be off limits. We're we're not going to try to push that physical contact in any way. We want to find ways to bring her to you and to let her set the pace. So if that means all she does is sniff you for a while, that's fine as long as we're building on positive experiences. And the things Bye. that I would use to help you gain her interest in you would be number one, food. <laughs> Pull out. That pull out that tuna or canned food, and it only gets put down next to you, and that's when it's available, and then it goes away. Um, that can, that can be a great thing. Um, if that means you have to withhold, uh, say, dry food or food that's out and available during the day, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as, you know, she's eventually eating. Um, but allowing her to associate that kind of wonderful thing, food, with you being right there and nearby, whether that's you're sitting at a table and it's by your feet or you're sitting on the floor and she's comfortable enough to come that close. Use her body language to decide how, how close you can really get uh, with that. Uh, but I would do that. The other thing that I do like, um, and um, I know our, our dear friend Marty Becker does this as well, is uh, pheromones. Um, so scent hormones um, that have a really calming effect on animals. There's dog pheromones and there's cat pheromones. Um, to my knowledge, nobody in my office sprays human pheromones on themselves. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, let's hope not, because we might have some real amorous uh, encounters around here. Um, but you can actually um, you'll purchase some of the a feline pheromone spray, and actually, say treat you, um, a shirt um, or a jacket that you're going to always wear when you're out in, around her in the house, and it's just a way of kind of helping ease the anxiety in the environment. So, the the pheromones that typically we use in cats are the um, cheek rubbing pheromone, which is um, you know when you see a kitty rub its chin on mm-hmm. things and it gets that really glorious smile on their face. Right. So that's uh, that's basically where that kind of extract comes from. So that's um, Kind of that general feeling they get. So that would be something else. That would be just a way to kind of use Mother Nature to your advantage to just say, okay, things are cool. I'm pretty neat. Um, and I'm not going to push that limit until you're more comfortable. Um, so that would be one thing. The other thing that I would look at doing is rather than you kind of reaching out to her, I would look for opportunities where she might come to you for maybe more uh, physical activity. So if she is interested in interactive toys, like the little um, feathers on sticks or on yeah. wires use those to have her follow you and even if she doesn't come to you it's a way of kind of her gaining trust that you know you're okay to come near and i um you know we just try using that for a couple minutes a day and just uh get, getting her used to that and and, and kind of hopefully, hopefully building on that bond and hopefully she'll come around with a little bit of time and uh just just giving her time to make it on her own
7: so where can i find those pheromones where can i get those
5: those you can get at um, most pet stores. Um, okay. you can get those at veterinary offices, um, you can order them online. Um, okay. feel, feel Away is the one that we historically use in our office. So I'll try
7: those and hopefully okay. we'll have better results this
5: stuff. So thank
0: you. All right, you very well good much. luck I with things. It.
10: Thank you.
2: Thanks, Michelle. Keep us posted. Toll free, one eight six six four oh five eight four oh five to reach out to the dream team. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with your pets. You can visit them over at petswelcomehere.tv and check the schedule for a TV station in your area. Pets Welcome Here is exciting adventures you can share with your pet. Thanks for underwriting Animal Radio.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hey, everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say,
15: you,
12: right now, want to take... Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. Uh, Brett
2: Michaels... I just had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go ahead. Animal Radio? Brett Michaels Animal Radio? you got it. I knew the
12: Animal Radio. Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world. You're
1: listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. Any Tom, Dick, or Harry can tell you that Geico could save you money on car insurance. But since money talks, why not go straight to the source? Hey, Harry's Money here. And the day Harry went to Geico.com and switched his car insurance was the day I got to hang around. Finally, boys bonding, bada bing, bada boom. No wonder Geico has 97% customer satisfaction. Personally, I give him 100, but that's just my two cents. That was funny. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.
7: Fisher on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
17: 1-866-405-8405. Yeah.
2: California, congratulations! Your last known animal shelter gas chamber has closed. I didn't think Yay. this was still in existence. Right. Uh, Finally, very excited about that. Still exists in I parts know, of in our country, country which other is states. Yeah. too bad. A very inhumane way to euthanize animals, but uh, good for you, California. Yes. Well, what are we working on this hour, Miss Brooks? Well, there's a, a whole lot going
4: on in the news, have a lot of good stories. Good. And I, I wanted to tell you about the um the world's ugliest animal. <laughs> I mean, there are some animals that aren't so cute. But what are what are the horrible pitfalls of being an ugly animal? We'll tell you about that. And and a new group that is devoted to helping them.
2: Okay. Well I know some animals are so ugly, like the dogs, the dog contest they have in Petaluma, California. The ugly dog contest they have. Some of those animals, some of those dogs are so ugly that you just think they're just so cute,
4: you know? Yeah, my dad used to <coughs> say that about my first bulldog, and I thought, he was the sun and the moon to me. I thought he was the cute, and, and really, you're walking down the street with him, and people look, and they go, Oh, a face only a
2: mother could love.
4: And I'm like, oh, really? Did you just say that to me?
2: <laughs> Here's a, uh, an interesting story Judy just gave me. And it's a pretty serious story about a parrot. So listen up, Joey. I know you have a cockatoo, but this could apply for any talking bird. It's a uh, possible murder witness is talking.
10: Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. The the question is whether anyone should listen. His name is Bud, and he's an African gray parrot in Ensley Township. That's in Michigan. And he apparently has a very filthy mouth. And his latest... (laughs) Well, they all do, don't they? His latest phrase...
4: From his owner. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, he, They learn it from either the TV or the owners. Uh, but his latest phrase is the one, he won't stop shouting at the top of his lungs. And he's mimicking his owner's voice. And he's saying, don't... F- shoot <laughs> the birds annex might be laughed off were it not for the fact that bud's owner 45 year old martin durham was in fact fatally shot at his home in may 2015 and relatives believe martin durham's final moments were imprinted on the bird's memory and that he continues to relive the slaying
10: wow.
2: so what do you think about that
10: wow
3: know. I'm not surprised.
2: Does your bird talk English or does your bird just... Uh... My
15: bird don't talk, but I wouldn't But I wouldn't do it in front of any witnesses. Don't worry, even the <laughs> bird.
4: <laughs> well, African grays are one of the smartest, sir. I mean, one of the most talkative, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And they can learn fast, very, very fast. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Chris, how are you?
14: Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are y'all?
2: Good. Where are you today? Great. Uh, I'm in Fremont, Ohio. Fremont, Ohio, never been. How can we help you? <laughs>
14: Um, Well, yeah, I just had a question about my um, African gray. Um, He's about uh, four months old, and I can't get him to eat anything besides the the pellets and the seeds. What what are some things I can do to get him more interested in, like, say, fruits and vegetables?
5: Oh, sure, yeah. And uh, African gray, for anyone who's not really familiar, they're a wonderful parrot, um, great talkers. And you said he's four months old? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, wonderful. Um, so, yeah, for diet, um, pellets are a ma- good mainstay of the diet. As far as fresh foods, um, we can definitely vegetables, fruits, um, all those good things, noodles, beans, rice, all that. The big thing that I like to do with um, the fresh foods, if they're not really um, interested in right off the bat, is to make it really a social experience. So often, birds, they really enjoy eating what we're eating. So um, it's actually something where I will share off my plate and share to the bird. So if they see you eating it, it kind of becomes a fun thing. So um, not everything he's going to like, um, but if you experiment and try it in a social setting, you may find that you f- have better luck than actually putting that in a cup feeder inside his enclosure. And uh okay. use that as actually a reward. So, you know, if he's if you're practicing things as far as with him perching or coming to you, use these items, these food items as a reward and then it'll also become kind of a uh a, pos- a, a double positive because it's a treat and you know he's getting to spend time with you or getting getting ear scratches or what have you. So yeah, I, I would really right. um, pose that as a, a social right. training step for him.
10: Okay. All
14: right, Ryan what are some things I can do to help stimulate him learning how to
5: talk? Biggest thing is to talk to him. Uh, we want to spend a lot of time talking to this fella, and uh, he, even hearing different sounds and different voices are somewhat helpful. Uh, I find a lot of birds um, respond differently to either male voices, female voices, um, right. or different sounds. Um, so really you cannot uh, talk to this fella enough. <laughs> Does he travel <laughs> and- with you? Right. No,
14: he stays at home with my uh, daughter and my wife. And, Yeah, I think I think he's more stimulated by the females. <laughs>
5: <Wow>. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we'd we'd say something about that about with a lot of other guys. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. won't say that. <laughs>
14: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But I, I definitely well, appreciate your help, and I'll definitely try. I never thought about like trying to make it a social thing for him eating, like giving it to him off my plate or something like that. But we'll not- definitely try because I, I've heard that they need they need like very Bruce, I can't
5: just eat the seeds and stuff like that alone oh yeah and definitely this is the one situation where we say it's okay to feed from your plate where we don't say that with dogs and cats so right. thanks a bunch for the call Chris it's great to get some good bird questions around here so bring them on this is Dr. Debbie at Animal Radio one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 8405
2: Well, don't you know this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. I speak from experience. Tiggers, our studio cat, has made miraculous changes on this food.
3: And I just feed it to my dog because it's a good food.
2: Learn more at redbarninc.com. And thank you so much for
1: underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
10: Hi, this is Elaine Boosler on Animal Radio. Staying new to your pets and some of your
1: exes. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone. The strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10,
12: feel the heal. Use as directed.
18: Hi, this is Dean Kuhn from Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets.
0: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
4: I'm Lori Brooks. There's a new study that's been published in the journal Animal Cognition that indicates that dogs may have facial recognition skills very similar to humans. You know, of course, your dog is going to recognize you when you walk in the door and it sees you. But how about if you were, say, on vacation, nowhere near, you know, and your dog was at home, could they see a picture of you? And recognize it like, hey, that's my dad. Well, apparently the answer is yes. The study was done at the University of Helsinki where scientists tested dogs' spontaneous behavior towards photos. The dogs were shown pictures of people and dogs that they knew and also people and dogs that they did not know. Researchers then tracked the eye movements of the dogs and they found that dogs gazed longer at photos of humans and dogs that they were familiar with and not so long at those they didn't know. A Texas pet sitting business is going after $1 million in damages from a couple who gave them a one-star review online <laughs> and criticized the treatment of their blue tropical beta fish named Gordy. While the family was away on vacation. So, prestigious pets of Dallas claims the review is defamation. But the couple's lawyer, however, says their review is protected under their right to free speech. And, by the way, the couple also has a video showing Gordy's water and how it became cloudy and the food had accumulated at the bottom of the bowl, which must have been caused by overfeeding. So, what could be so bad? I mean, why is this business so up in arms about a review? Well, the review said the one star is for potentially harming my fish. Otherwise, it would have been two stars. We have a camera on that fish bowl and we watched the water go from clear to cloudy. There was a layer of food on the bottom from way too much food being put in it. Even if you don't have fish, you should be able to see the change in the bowl and stop putting in so much food. Well, you know what? Good for them if that is an honest review because, you know, people like us, we appreciate that, especially when we find out how someone's going to take care of our pets. But the problem is, and everyone, please take note before you ever sign another agreement with a pet sitter because the couple agreed under the business's service contract, quote, to not make negative comments about or disparage this company, Prestigious Pets, in any way. In the fine print, also, this gem of legalese, nearly too small to read, your acceptance of this agreement prohibits you from taking any action that negatively impacts Prestigious Pets, LLC, its reputation, products, services, management, employees, or independent contractors. Any violation of this clause it went on is to be determined by, you guessed it, the company, Prestigious Pets, in its sole discretion, so, as horrible and time consuming as it is when you look and see you know a whole page of that tiny print, read it or look what can happen. the sad looking blob fish have you ever seen it it's got a nose like a jimmy Duranty nose <laughs> it's no nope. it's huge it and it's its skin is like real membrane membranous looking But it has been voted the world's ugliest animal, the blobfish. And it's not good for the blobfish or for any other animal that is not so cute or beautiful because it turns out that aesthetically challenged animals are routinely ignored by researchers in favor of cuter animals. And this is according to experts who have studied ugly animals. They say ugly animals could be at a greater risk of becoming extinct, and that's because They're being ignored by the science community while more research and funding is being directed towards, you know, those cute cuddly animals like koalas and kangaroos. The study was, this makes sense now, done in Australia and published in the Mammal Review Journal. They found research funding is being given to big animals, which they say are iconic and attract people's attention because they're cute and charismatic The expert adds, that's also because it's very hard to make a tourist attraction of a rodent. Well, luckily for these animals, the Ugly Animal Preservation Society is dedicated to raising the profile of some of Mother Nature's more aesthetically challenged children. But that, friends, is a story for another day. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get
0: more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
2: animal radio and we'll head back to the phones for your calls in just a second toll free one 405 8405 and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iphone and android and it's brought to us by our friends over at doctors fosters and smith is he on the phone? Oh, this is cool. I haven't spoken to him in a long time. Hey, Gordy, how are you doing?
18: Good. How are you doing?
2: Very good. Gordy Spader, top dog at Kergo. And of course, if you travel with your animals, you probably already know the Kergo name. Uh, a lot of us travel. How many, what, would, what percentage would you say we travel with our animals?
18: 80% say that they're traveling with their animals at least once a month in the car. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. So, and it's not only just traveling, it's also just going to the dog park, or now you can take your dog to a restaurant, or... I think the other thing that's you know, people's friends, you know, you bring the dog to your friend's house. That didn't used to happen. So, the, you know, people are in the car with their dog a lot more than they used to be.
2: You know what really freaks me out? And the two things that really freak me out is, one is a, to see a pickup truck go down the street with Ooh. a dog standing in the back of the cab. And while the dog looks very secure, if that truck made a sudden stop or anything happened, yeah. that dog would go flying. The other thing that really upsets me is and I get on my little soapbox here. It's is that people that have their animals in the car that are sitting up front on their lap, in the driver's seat on the driver's lap,
3: you're running around and, the car,
2: and that's got to be as bad as uh, texting while you're yeah. driving. I would <laughs> well, think.
3: Yeah,
18: I agree. I mean, I think it's it's not only it's bad for the distraction. I mean, obviously that can cause an accident, but if you ever got in an accident, the airbag would go off and could crush. I mean, it would crush a dog. It's not even meant for teenage children, let alone a small dog. So it's just getting this idea and that they're in, into the minds of people.
10: Yeah.
2: So you guys have invented a bunch of great different items for the car to keep the dog restrained and keep them happy. I've never asked you this. I've known you for a while, but I've never asked you this. Was there a personal story or anything behind this that made you decide to make these items?
18: Yeah, so there was. My my brother, who's our head designer here, and my partner from the beginning of the time we started this business, he's an industrial designer, and he had a dog named Zelda. Zelda was a very energetic plot hound and loved to kind of run around in the car. And at the time, he was living in New York City, and the dog would put her paws on the center console of a Subaru that he had at the time. And a lot of times the dog would end up down at his feet. So they'd go over a manhole cover and it would make a loud noise. The dog would jump underneath his feet and he lost control of the car and there was no accident, but it was just that moment of, this isn't safe. But he, being the inventive one of the two of us, said, I'm going to do something about it. And he came up eventually through using some Rubbermaid covers and bungee cords and other things. He came up with what ended up becoming our backseat barrier.
2: Holy moly. I know the one that we have. For Ladybug is the Skybox Booster seat, and this fits her perfectly. She's a terrier, and this I sits. I love it. And we've had it for several years now. Yeah. It sits on the uh, pass- we can put it on the passenger side seat, so she's right next to you. It wraps around the top of the headrest and is secure there, so that you can look over and see your dog. And and
3: yeah, and not you know. only that, there's room enough in there for her blanket.
2: I see that we have a couple of giveaways. So if you're traveling, uh, let's talk a little bit about what I have here. I have the uh, the uh, Wander Hammock. As well as the bench seat cover and the cargo cape, those all of are these,
3: both th- all things to protect your vehicle,
2: to keep them. That's right. To, because you know, you go to the beach and you load the dog <laughs> um, in the back of the car, sand and, and mud, it gets pretty dirty. So these all protect the car. Is that correct?
18: That's right. So that, that if you think about it, you want to you want to make it easy for people to bring along their dog, and you want to get rid of those impediments to bringing along the dog. So if one impediment is I can't have hair all over my car because I have to pick my boss up at the airport yep. once a week and, or I have to pick up my mom at wherever. You just, the seat cover is easy to throw on. It's waterproof. You can still get access to the seat belts. Um, you can spray it off or just put it in the washing machine to clean it off. But it gets, it gives you a, a, an easy way to bring the dog without feeling like you're going to destroy your car.
2: And the hammock, uh, the Wander hammock.
18: Yep. So the, the Wander hammock and the bench seat cover are kind of two different ways you can protect the back seat of your car. The bench seat cover just covers the seat, just that bench seat cover. It's more profiled. The hammock does covers the seat, but it also kind of creates a hammock between the front headrest and the rear headrest. So it also does a little bit to keep the dog from coming into the front seat of the car because you're they're kind of in this hammock area. Yeah. Um, but it also is a, a cover for that seat.
2: Okay, and the cargo cape is uh, it's for like a uh, big SUVs, big SUVs to, to, to sort of does the same thing that the the bench seat cover does, but it's in the back. Is that correct?
18: That's right. So it covers the back of the car, either a wagon or an SUV. It works best for kind of the middle sized SUVs, like a Honda Pilot, that kind of thing. I thank you for thinking
2: of all this great stuff. This is awesome. Keeping our cars and our dogs clean and safe.
18: Well, thank you for including me and I uh, I always like to talk about it and I you know there's lots of information that we have on our website that people can go learn more about what it is they need for their dog and for their car.
2: What's the website?
18: KURGO.com. That's spelled K-U-R-G-O.com.
2: And it has my stamp of approval. We use this product and uh, the Skybox booster seat. We're going to give one away right now as well as a Wander hammock, a bench seat cover, and a cargo cape. Uh, Let's do that to four different winners. Yeah,
3: yeah. So call and let us know which one. You can only have one.
2: 1-866-405-8405. And if you're not lucky enough to get on through, visit the website at KURGO.com. KURGO.com.
0: For over a decade, Viagen has been the leading provider of genetic preservation and cloning services of prized livestock with thousands of satisfied clients. Now announcing Viagen Pets, providing genetic preservation and cloning services to pet parents. Consider preserving the genes of your pet to extend the special bond you share with them. Get your free information kit and special offer for animal radio listeners at www.viagenpets.com. That's V-I-A-G-E-N pets.com.
13: Get ready to discover amazing experiences you can share with your pets on Pets Welcome Here, the hour-long TV special that sniffs out the best places to stay, play, and dine with the furry members of your family. To find out where you can see Pets Welcome Here, go to petswelcomehere.tv and check out the schedule for the TV station in your area. If you don't see your local station, ask them to schedule Pets Welcome Here. Pets Welcome Here, exciting adventures you can share with your pet.
7: On Animal Radio, and remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. No, that's terrible.
10: Okay, start
7: again. (laughs) This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more.
19: Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Simrow, your pet world insider, here with this week's Animal Radio list. Top tips for pet natural disaster preparedness. June is Natural Pet Preparedness Month. Pet preparedness may be a tongue twister, but in the real world, twisters and real natural disasters happen regularly, and there is never a better time to take action than before the disaster occurs. So when you think about putting together a natural disaster preparedness plan, don't forget to make a plan that includes your pets. Grabbing your pet on the way out the door is not a sufficient plan. Much like you would have a checklist for people, I'm going to share a simple checklist for your pets. To begin with, let's talk about sheltering in place and dealing with the loss of power or inability to use the daily conveniences that we're all so accustomed to. Make sure that you have pet food, water, pet medications, pet first aid kits, a toy or two, and at least one clear picture of your pet with you and or your family. It sounds simple, but there are many listening right now that don't have that set aside in case of emergency. Food and water should be able to sustain your pets for up to seven days. And the one item that surprises me the most is missing from the plan is a recent photo of the pet with a family member. In this day and age, a photo can be beamed all over in mere seconds, and it will increase the chances of finding your lost pet tremendously. Next up is the scram plan where you need to leave your residence and get to safety quickly. Make sure that you have at least a three day supply of the previously mentioned items and also add in a leash, collar, updated name tags, a pet carrier if appropriate, poop bags and other essentials stored in a way that you can grab them and go. One of the common things we hear after natural disasters is how quickly the danger presented itself and how people didn't have enough time to act. Give yourself extra time and peace of mind by having what you need already assembled and ready to go. Have an action plan so that everyone knows what they're supposed to do and who they are responsible for. Make sure that action plan is proper for your area and region and that it makes sense based on what you're likely to encounter. Everyone in the family should know this action plan and feel comfortable with it. It's critical to be calm and move with purpose and confidence in an emergency situation. Knowing what to do will make having to do it a better outcome. Finally, check with your local resources and shelters to see what you would be able to and not able to do with your pets in an emergency situation. Many shelters only allow human beings without their pets to be in the shelters, forcing heartbreaking decisions to be made under extreme duress. Be prepared in advance and act with care and confidence if the situation arises. Share your pet natural disaster preparedness tips and more on our Animal Radio Facebook page.
1: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at
2: 1-866-405-8405. Let's go to the phones. Your calls, toll free, 1-866-405-8405. Hey Blaine, how are you?
15: Okay, how are you?
2: Good, where are you calling from today?
15: I'm uh, near Effingham, Illinois.
2: Oh, okay. Are you a truck driver? Yes. Okay, on the road. Do you take your pet with you? You travel with your dog?
15: No, uh, no, I don't.
2: Okay, I got the doctor here. What's up?
6: Well, hey. Um. Hi. My uh, doctor, Bo. He uh, he's overweight, but he uh, he'll like drink a lot of
15: liquids, and he like swells up, and he'll like looks like he retains water or something. And hmm. then when you. Uh, and then recently he started, like, wetting the bed where he lays and stuff. I don't and he doesn't mean to because he, he'll be, like, on the step, and he'll get up and it's wet. You know,
5: like, okay.
15: I don't know what his problem is, if he's lost bladder control or what it is.
5: Yeah. And in male dogs, you know, bladder control problems are not real common as the sole cause of urine leakage. Female dogs, sometimes we do see that they can have some sphincter problems, some leaky bladder problems, but it's pretty rare in male dogs. So for me, when I find out of a dog, a male dog that's leaking urine in any context, especially if it's accompanied with drinking more or peeing large volumes of um, urine, That would warrant a veterinary visit and I would check a urine sample and probably some blood as well. The things that Uh we look, the things that we're really going to be looking for, um, are going to be, um, conditions that cause your baby to drink more, things like diabetes, kidney concerns, liver concerns, um, and, you know, retaining water. Sometimes we think about heart disease, but usually there would be other symptoms that I'd be focused on and looking at but uh, oh, I would okay. definitely well, he, say, yeah. He
14: does have trouble with hair loss,
15: but he's a dox, and I've heard that common.
5: That he doesn't have what? I'm sorry?
15: He does have hair loss also, but I've had that for a long time.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. And that might be something that can kind of tie things together. Um, So for me, if I find out a dog is kind of losing hair, maybe getting a little pot bellied, and having excessive urinations, we might look at some hormone problems like Cushing's disease. So uh, Oh, okay. So that might be something else to put on the whole differential um, when you see the veterinarian. But I, I, I definitely would say, you know, I can tell you certainly you need to get this baby in, at least do some baseline screening on him and uh, find oh, okay. out uh, the underlying cause. All right. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks for your call, Blaine.
2: You're sizzling hot. Huh? <laughs> yes, you well, there you go. It's flown by once again. Uh, Dr. Debbie, need you need to go to the bathroom? Your, your knees are shaking back and forth there. <laughs> I need a potty <laughs> break. <laughs> okay, well, let's go to the potty break. Have yourself a great weekend. Remember to check us out at AnimalRadio.com, and uh, if you need a fix, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Be well. Bye bye. Bye. Wash your hands, Debbie. <laughs> and
10: moody, always a don't
16: decline.
15: This is Animal Art R- 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 Radio Network.
16: Network.